0: Hello and welcome to the Game Dev London podcast. My name is Adam and with me this week is my co-host, Ahmed. Ahmed, yep. hello and welcome. Uh, today we're going to be chatting specifically about pre-production. Uh, we're going to be talking about the value of pre-production, what happens when you don't do it, what happens when you do do it, why it's important. Uh, we're going to talk about scoping out work, um, specifically looking at different lengths of time, 24 hours, forty hours, a week, a month, a year. Uh, four years if you are either either a AAA or a solo indie. That seems to be how that goes down. Um, <laughs> and uh, MVPs, what that means, what it means to individual developers, and how it's going to help you sort of stay on track, avoid feature creep, and all that kind of thing. So, without further ado, let's start. So, hello, Ahmed. Uh, welcome to your first episode uh, as a host on Game of London. Hello.
1: I mean, it's the first episode, uh, maybe not the first attempt, <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: but hey that, uh, we're, we're
1: here we've made it I you guys court. don't know
0: but <laughs> i mean i'm gonna turn our first attempt into into some kind of uh comedic short episode that i hope everybody enjoys yeah. uh yeah. just uh the fyi my uh internet has been cutting out recently uh hopefully it's fixed but if you suddenly hear me grrr, e, e, grrr, then you know what's happened um <laughs> i mean
1: like it's either you've revealed your true lizard form in like ah! a robot suit, or you all your internet's gone out again but it's 50 ah, 50, it's, 50 50 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. it could
0: literally go away, <laughs> it <could> go away. <laughs> um, yeah. so let's uh,
1: it's
0: gonna be good, be good. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the value of pre-production uh, so yeah. for those who aren't aware, pre-production is, is basically, uh, before going, head, jumping headfirst into a project, it's taking some time to sort of design out how you're going to make that project, uh, basically building the framework around which you're going to build whatever game or otherwise you are building. Mm. Um, so, you know, pre- most places don't do pre-production, especially, you know, because they just don't see the value of it at the time. So let's start yes. with chatting about what do you think uh, not doing, pre- what's the dangers of not doing pre-production on a project? so yeah i mean
1: pre-production in of itself it's there to kind of lay down the plan that for when your game goes into production and by that basically outlining what you want to do what the features are how like kind the, the general gist of how you want the game to be and like a place to start off more importantly but also so uh like something to kind of outline the roadmap of how you like if you need more people if you might need more people on the project how long you think it's going to take how long you think it's going to cost um and those are i mean like those are big and they be all sort of like parts of a project like if you don't have the, like if you don't have money like that that kills most projects. That turns it from a, something that you can survive on to something that's a hobby um, in your in your free time. But even even ironically, even as a hobby, I think it's like it's valuable to do pre production so you know where like how how you're how you're gonna have to like plan it. How much time you're gonna take? How how many months, weeks, years it's, it'll it'll take. And how much of your free time is it gonna take? Are you gonna devote everything outside of your like your job to do it? Or is it gonna be something that you do you take two hours to do so it's more manageable in the long term and you don't get burnout? So and not having pre-production tends to lead to scenarios where you've just kind of you back yourself into a corner where either like you've made a commitment to someone to a publisher to the public to to the client essentially. Um and you've just not really you you end up basically just being unable to maintain it without having to to crunch or just put in obscene amount of hours. Mm-hmm. And so doing that pre-production gives you a gen a good general gist of it of like of the charting your course of where you want to go with things. The way, so I see it,
0: the way I see it, the way I see it, it's almost like uh, if if a project is building, I'm, I'm going to go with house because it's the standard. If a Project yeah. building a house. This is building the scaffolding. Like, yeah. Technically speaking, you can build a house without scaffolding, but if you fall off, it's going to hurt a lot more. Um, and that's yeah. you know the, the it's about sort of scoping out the framework within which you're trying to build the thing that you're building, and yeah. particularly because it, it it's not necessarily about the start because obviously you know uh, take the house analogy for example.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: laying a bunch of bricks on the ground to, to frame out this is where yeah. the rooms are going to be Is yeah. you know it doesn't feel like you need a lot of pre-production on that but six months down the line when you're trying to you know build a roof on top of a foundation that you've kind of thrown together and it all it, nothing sits in place and you're like why isn't this yeah. working if only you'd thought of pre-production um <laughs> you know yeah um, and it's that it's, it's that it's that figuring out and i think a bit one of the things you alluded to there is figuring out it it helps you start to build and this is the thing that I've been big on recently um, projects mm-hmm. tend to have a, men, a mental net for one for a better word um, mm-hmm. where you basically start to build a web of the things that all connect up you know so in, a, in yeah. programming it's like this mechanic builds to this mechanic which builds to this manager which connects to this blah, 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 blah. actually your project yeah. works like that because you know art connects to programming connects to production connects to marketing connects to everything and everything and you mm-hmm. can start to foresee the issues that are going to happen yeah months down the line if you do some pre-production and you go oh hang on a minute i've just planned in the fact that we need uh, a 2d 2d artist do we have a 2d artist in our team no you should probably get that sorted sooner rather than later
1: exactly yeah and like identifying the dependencies in your project ahead of time is probably one of the most valuable things you can do to kind of make, stop prevent your project losing momentum because so like keeping that momentum means that you can i mean like with anything like you you can get to like a to b b being like you release the game to the market um and you like it's or it could also be like the minimal like minimal viable product mvp um and so having that having that understanding is invaluable
0: Mm Mm-hmm. i oh, think it's interesting right. i think it's interesting as well when you start to look at the difference between because this is the other side of that coin in terms of pre-production mm. that smaller companies or indies or one person studios and stuff like that tend to tend to lean towards it pre-production seeming like a big studio thing like oh why would we need to do that there's only you know one of us or two of us and that kind of thing yeah um and while i think it's probably more important that a big studio does it because obviously you're trying to handle 250 people on a project, not having any kind of framework which which to organize people is mm. just unbelievably dangerous. Like, you, you, yeah. you know, there's a reason that these, um, these triple A's and stuff take three, four, five, six years in the making. Um, yeah. And most of that is just organization and trying to get everybody yeah. working on the same thing. Um, but if you look at the indies that didn't, you know, look at indie studios and the game they built and that kind of thing, pre-production is, pre-production could just be called planning, right? it's just having it's just having the plan um and yeah. i totally didn't google this beforehand because i remembered it and i couldn't remember the exact wording benjamin franklin quote here we go by failing to prepare you are preparing mm. to fail um and that's exactly it right if you're not yeah. if you're not coming into it going i've got an idea of what i'm going to do one of the big ones actually and this is i mean this is me personally um mm-hmm. if i just come up with ideas for for games that i want to make you know little bits pieces. if i just go dive straight in even the ones where i have the clearest idea of what that game is going to look like yeah i normally burn out of creative thinking i will hit a point where i'm like i've got most i've got a lot of stuff i want in i could kind of go anywhere with this now uh Mm -hmm. i'm not really sure which way i want to go and i'm my that process of just trying to think of it become is is tiring in and of itself and what normally happens Mm -hmm. is i get distracted by a new idea um yeah I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot of the the looking ahead uh meme of the looking the the, <laughs> the, the programmer looking at old project to be distracted by new project. That's definitely out there, um,
1: yeah.
0: and that's and that's a problem. And that's you know, especially for the small studios, if you are constantly being distracted by the new project and you never actually finish the old project, and that's dangerous.
1: Mm no absolutely and like one thing it does give is a sense of accountability to yourself if you have outlined this project you like then you know what is you need to do so if you start getting distracted you and like start adding bits and stuff you'll real like you'll see that that kind of goes outside the scope you intended and so you realize if you're going to make changes to the project it's going to make mean it's going to take more time and what you were saying earlier like with regards to like it being more important um in, in a big in bigger studio i don't disagree but i feel like this it's as valuable for a uh, force in in your solo devs that it's just the risks like the stakes are higher in regards yeah. to like um in triple a um you have a lot of like a lot of like publisher and stakeholder management like people who are funding the, your game and paying paying your salaries they have expectations that you have to agree to and outline mm-hmm. beforehand whereas with indie even though you, like you don't you may not have um a, a big publisher or a big fund like a, like someone funding like your game then like in with with the expectation of you having to deliver, you still spent are spending your own time and your own money in the game, and you can't like I feel it's dangerous for an indies to start to undervalue their time and money. Oh, massively. massively. And and it's a I I see it a lot, and it's a, like in a lot of people who i mean i'm like i did it myself when i was just oh yeah i want to i really want to get into video games and everything i want to just start like playing around like i want to make i say it's playing around i like i had this like big idea for a a game and then i started like thankfully i (laughs) started i started looking at like how am I going to do it considering that I don't even like have strong expertise in code or like I can't code and I can't draw so I was like how am I going to do this and I was just like figuring out oh if I want to get someone to like code with me then i will need to do that and if I have to pay them will cost this much and like you start seeing things like grounded in reality as opposed to getting carried away with the fairies with a really nice idea that's nice in your head but when you put down the numbers and just the cold hard facts of life, it's it kinda gets 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 your head straight, sort mm. of thing. And so um, yeah. sorry, just looping
0: back into the, the stakes point, actually you raised a good point in that, in that is that the stakes not only change if you're small and big, but actually yes. you raise a good point between the difference between just diving into it and actually thinking of it in terms of this is a thing which keeps you going. And this and this is the I was gonna make a point about passion versus business right yeah is that uh one of the reasons why we don't do pre-production is because they're so like oh i'm just gonna make this thing it's gonna be amazing mm. and it'll do da, 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 da. they just leap in and start building it and then six months later then they're stuck and pre- pre-production is important from a planning perspective regardless right even if you're just a hobbyist uh developer mm. so you have a full-time job doing something else and to be fair even then because the stakes still exist; they're just different. The stakes are no longer you don't get paid because you're being paid for yeah. your job. But your stakes become your time, right? If you're working you know, eight hours, nine to five, eight hours a day, or seven hours of lunch and whatever, um, and you have a finite amount of time in the evening let's say you know say you, you get home i was going to say you commute home but that's know, yeah, you commute <laughs> from from your from your office to your living room um yeah so let's say you're from you know quarter past five until you go to bed at whatever it is eleven twelve right that's only what five um so six hours ish um and that's got to include you know eating socializing um preparing relaxing burnt you know oh. Preparing for the next day or all that kind of thing. So really, you're yeah. talking maybe two, three hours on an evening yeah. um, to not plan. If you really, and I'm talking about this, if you're like, I want to use that time to make a game, and this is, um, this is just talking about hobbyists. We're not, we'll get into business in a sec. If you're not planning how you're going to use that time, you will hit a point where you're, you don't use that time. You just start, you throw it away to something else, right? And yeah. by throw I mean, I mean there are other things that are important. You may use that time because you need to relax. But you may use that time because you want to, you know. Take up another hobby or like woodworking, mm. whatever it may be. If your goal is, to, I want to make a game in this period of amount of time doing yeah. this kind of thing, then to not plan around that is dangerous. And this is where the logic, the, the psychology around things like smart targets come in. Right, yes. that um, if you just make a arbitrary target, I want to do X, the likelihood of you completing that is incredibly low compared to if you turn it into something that is, I want to complete X by Y time by doing Z every day um, involving whatever, 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 because making it and this is going to take me back to primary school hang on, so it's uh, I've already forgotten what S is this is a good start, M is S, S- M is manageable yeah uh, uh, go, you know I'm, what? Good. I'm googling this you're yeah, googling, googling this <laughs> <laughs> Well, why you're googling that? Because it's important for the other one. I'll talk about passion versus business, um, mm. because then it rolls into if you are an if you are a, an indie and that kind of thing, a lot of indies can see it as passion. They see it as passion projects. You know, I'm going to make this game and it's going to make me money and that's going to be fine. And again, that's not having it as a smart target. That's having it as just a as a, as a hope, as a dream, if you will. Um, and while making indie games can be a dream absolutely you know and there are people who make it a super success habit. that's not the average and the problem is is that if you make if you go in with the assumption that you're going to be to just be rich or it's just going to work and it doesn't you're yeah. really no well a if it doesn't you're also you're you know you're crippling yourself at that when it's too late to do anything about it but also mm-hmm. you could run out of time money a- availability whatever it may be before your project even comes out yeah. um and that's if you haven't scoped the project. And I'm pretty sure the S is scope. Um, do,
1: you want me to, do you want me to... Hit me up me with the smart targets. What are they? So smart targets. So S
0: is actually specific. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was like, in my head, I was like, it's scope. I've got it. Here we go. It's going to like, like, oh, be such sorry. a nice transition. I'm so happy about this. No, specific. It's, unfortunately, it's like...
1: It's well. It, it, hey, like I didn't. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't really, I didn't know what it meant. Is that writing oh, words? I can't words. Um. Anyway, but so, essay specific. so is specific. Um, what does
0: what does the What does that mean? Specific.
1: So, as in like, yeah, like it is directly like associated with exactly what you want. So you. Could, so it has to be. It has to be simple, sensible, significant to your goal so it's so no, so for example i mean i can't really even it's it's it basically just so you know what you're talking so like mm-hmm. it is exactly what you're talking about
0: it's a difference okay. between being vague um yeah. and knowing what you're trying to build here right so it might Fair be much. instead of just turning around going oh i want to build a first person shooter that could mean literally anything if you go yeah. i want to build a uh cyber neon first person shooter that focuses on tactic tactics and uh covert abilities as opposed to sort of loud flashy flashy things okay yeah. you're a bit more you're specific i understand i can understand what that entails
1: okay. yeah so i mean fundamentally the devil is in the detail and yeah. you need that detail in that um and so measurable is basically en- Measurements something that you can measure the success of your target by, so like how much is it going to cost, how many things you need to do, how long is it going to take, mm.
0: sort of thing. Um, and a big part of, of, of being measurable, I think, as well, is the fact that you have the bar by which you set your standards against. Mm. Um, so uh, it's indicative of an in indie game, it might be that I am going to. Take it. i'm going to have to develop this function whatever it may be let's say uh the character move the first draft of the character movement will be complete in two weeks time because if you just say i'm going to complete the character movement that could take what a week four weeks two months six you don't know but if you know if you say it's going to be there in four weeks that's the target then you have a scope within which to do that
1: yeah and like the good thing is like it's it's an iterative process so like even if you might not get it like the first time you get a better idea of how Mm. long it'll
0: take yeah oh yeah yeah iteration is a huge part of it yeah
1: but so a is achievable um so that's essentially you have to make it realistic so say you can't have it so like something that just doesn't sound like it will be achievable it, it's like it's kind of hard to describe but basically it has to be a re- something grounded in like a realistic and attainable success that you in, like think that you can do um not including like how like airy-fairy like, so so it's,
0: it's, especially in this sort of area it's going it's not going for something that it's beyond the realms of your it's it's so significantly beyond the realms of your capability yeah. that doesn't make sense so for example yeah if you're uh, a hobbyist game developer and you have, you know, some, your are visual scripting, you're not a heavy programmer and that kind of thing going mm-hmm. in and going, I am going to build the most uh, imp- algorithmic- algorithmically impressive systems management game. Um, it's probably not achievable, and mm-hmm. it was certainly not achievable within a, re- a reasonable time frame because it involves a level of understanding that you don't have. Or, mm-hmm. exp- or even if you're a hobby, if you're a programmer and you're going in to make a-, a game and that kind of thing, and it's just you and going, This game is going to be the most unbelievably beautiful, artistic styled game. If you're not the yeah. artist who's making it, How is that achievable? How are you actually going to do that? And the question is, it could be achievable, but you have Mm. to define that. You have to define how it is achievable because you can't set, and this is the point, don't set targets that then aren't achievable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, And four is relevant. I think that's, like, kind of... It's straightforward, like, is it relevant to the... Is this target relevant to the overall overarching goal that you're
0: striving for? So... I think a big part of that and and we'll talk about this later when it comes into to mvps is relevance is uh it's both subjective um and it changes depending on what you're building because i and i say this is where one of the big things around uh triple a and indie comes in because they tri- what could be relevant to a game of triple uh, you know we'll take some classic examples uh mm. the dynamics of uh, actually uh, the dynamics of m- uh, muscle deformation uh, in yeah. The Last of Us 2 for example is relevant for yeah. development by a company like Naughty Dog who make uh, artistically detailed games it's yeah. probably not relevant for a smaller indie developer because yeah. That doesn't really make sense. Like, what? What? How are you going to do that? What are you going to? Is is that really going to be relevant in the game that you're building? Unless that's specifically the game that you're building. Yeah,
1: especially if it's like, say, something that's like you're aiming for a completely different aesthetic, like a low poly aesthetic. Like muscle deformation isn't. Oh yeah, exactly. Can even be like, it's 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 an interesting thing. It's alone, but within the scope of what you want to achieve, it's not really neither here nor there Mm -hmm. um and the final one the t is time bound so basically it has to answer the general question of like when can i do it like six from six months from now or can i do it six weeks from now and what can i do today so it's like you need to have some level of time i mean this i mean they all tie in together but uh, something associated with like the time measurement that it'll take to complete the task essentially
0: and i think time timing is probably the one that comes up most in other areas as well um so for example this is a several years ago now i uh, i've never i've never been a long distance runner um yeah. but in an attempt to get in an in a, <laughs> attempt to get fit uh, mm-hmm. i signed up with my partner to do a 10k um but right. that 10k had a set <laughs> the 10k had a set deadline the 10k yeah. was going to be on a day um which meant when well, I, I think it was about 11, 12, 11 weeks before, I was yeah. like, I have to start training because if I don't start training now, then I will not be ready in time to think. And that's part of the reason yeah. that you make it timed is that you go, you set yourself a ticking clock. That means yeah. you, you in your mind go, I need to get this done by this time, because that mm. is the target that I set. And even though it's arbitrary, and even though it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything, so you're not going to pin anything on that, that yeah. just having it mentally going, I have to get this done by this time makes a world of difference.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely i couldn't agree more but that's it for smart
0: yes um, so, so moving on so just going back to um the passion versus big business argument yes. um the uh the big thing is that if you're if you are an, a small indian that just becomes a passion that you become distracted from the fact that if the game is unsuccessful that could be incredibly damaging yeah. um and the way i was thinking about it is so so at my company we do a lot of, of contract-based work um and that contract-based work involves us uh scoping out the work beforehand figuring out what's involved uh making time estimates um confirming exactly what is and isn't in the scope of the project etc etc and that is just that is just pre-production right you you don't think of it in those terms but that is all that is pre-production so it means that when Mm -hmm. we start the contract we know what we're making how long it's going to take what counts as in the project what's not part of the project um when we'll be finished, which is a yeah. really important part, is knowing what defines a finished product. Yeah. Um, and all the kind of aspects that are that revolve around the project in its entirety. Um, and the reason we do that is because if we mess up any of those, then we have the potential to damage the business, right? If we work yeah. four times more than we should do, then we're going to get paid. We're going get, to get underpaid because all we have to charge the, the client more because we need to turn around and go, this, you know, this costs more. Um, yeah. And in that situation, we're fortunate, you know, if we're doing work for somebody else, we're being paid for it. Um, If you're just doing it for yourself, then the danger is that you don't see it like a business thing, which is the fact that you're making a a game, you know, okay, you're making a game because you want to make the game. But part of it is that you want to sell it to make money so that you can make more games. Mm -hmm. And to achieve that goal, you have to do certain things like, you know, release the game within a time frame um, at a cost
1: absolutely and like especially with the industry as it is a lot of companies are looking at portfolios and so that being basically what you've done before and if and if you want to kind of build your portfolio you need to have like something you're working on or have done and released and to do that you need to have like you need to show that you are able to manage your own time like from about in any industry, it's not even video games, in any industry, that is something that every like client, employer, they they want to see it because you will be responsible for like a product that they are they want to get by the at the end of the day. And if you if you're expected to deliver something, they expect you to do it in the time that you say you will. And if you can't show that in portfolios and there's you don't really have any evidence to showcase that and so it's 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 just so valuable it's just like one of the most valuable skills that you can do and you don't have to you can do it in your own time and the irony is like you can do it in your own time and by managing your own time so yeah this
0: this is the danger of not working for someone for working for yourself yeah. is that if you have no one, and because uh, this goes back to the smart time thing, um, you norm, the best way to be productive around a target is to have some kind of factor that comes into effect on completion. Yes. Um, so I'll take, that's a I one for this in the 10 K example, the reason I was so motivated to do it, even though I wasn't a long distance runner was that I did not want to look stupid when I ran a 10 K. I didn't want yeah. to take, I didn't want to take two hours and walk the whole thing. Um, because I would look stupid. And that was the, dro- that more than anything was the driving factor. Um, when you're at work, one of the many reasons that you do the work that you have assigned to you is because if you don't, your boss will be un- unhappy with you. Um, and they'll come back to you and say, you know, why have we done this? And you want to avoid that negative situation. And I don't want to suggest that it's just negative situations. You know, you, it's not that you only want to build in negatives if you don't do it. Um, although I will say there is a website that uh, you could basically sign up and say, if I fail to do, to prove that I have achieved a certain goal, please take a obscene amount of money from my account and pay it to a, uh, a fund that I don't like, like the, uh, uh the campaign fund of an uh, opposing political party, for example, yeah. um, and if you, if you want something to drive you to do something, that's going yeah. to drive you to do something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't want to say that it can only be negative because positive reinforcement is also powerful. You know, if you achieve that goal, you get, I mean, ignoring the fact that if you achieve that goal, then you know, making money is a positive reinforcement. Yeah. But you could have, if I achieve this goal, I am allowed to buy myself a super tasty pizza or something like that, right?
1: I was literally thinking pizza. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Exactly. What's going to get
0: me to do anything? Oh, it's pizza! pizza like... that, it shows you what's on my mind and your mind. It's pizza. If it's not cake, no, we're it's pizza. On the level, that's the yeah. Uh, that's the. <laughs> um, but yeah, but exactly, exactly. And and the the, if you don't have a boss, and if you don't yeah. really have negative reinforcement or or, or any kind of reinforcement, mm-hmm. then if you don't mentally put yourself in the position of 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 doing that or go okay, well, imagine if I was my own boss and I was standing there talking to me and how would I feel about the work that I'm doing? You're in danger of just letting yourself slip, yeah. not by intention, but just through the inaction. Yeah, and, and like the, prob- the thing is like
1: when you're working for yourself, it's in- you, it, these things are insidious. You don't notice it. And when you're working for someone else or with someone else, people can call, bring it up and call you out on it so you're, you're aware of it. Mm. but when you when you're by yourself you're at the mercy of like your own awareness and Mm. if you don't outline like if you don't give yourself a a, a structured plan uh like you'll like you will just kind of let stuff slip because you're not even aware of what you're doing like holistically because you could just be too focused on one specific thing um but yeah
0: so speaking on structured plans uh, let's move on to talking about scoping out work. Um, so you've seen, hopefully, that we've sort of given you an idea of the value of pre-production, why it's important. But actually, one of the big parts of pre-production is being able to look at the thing that you want to make as a homogenous blob of idea yeah. um, and crafting that into what does it actually look like to make something. Um, so specifically, we'll talk about different, project, uh, different lengths of projects and other things. So when you start, if you're involved at the beginning of a project, and people start a talk planner, what are the, the first things that you think about in terms of scope and scoping things on it?
1: Wait, sorry, say that again. I was, <laughs> I was thinking two things at the same
0: time. That's okay. I mean, so um, the start of project, obviously you're in a situation where, you know, if say, take an example from earlier, you know, I want to build a first-person yeah. shooter that is more tactics-based and combat-based and, da, 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 um, and you're going to start scoping that out. What are the first things you think of um, that are important factors to start considering when you're trying to scope out that piece of work.
1: Um, so this might just be like my way of saying it because of like how like my exposure to how I plan stuff, especially with, in games. But I'd like I'd aim for feature first because once you know the features, you know how how you're going to build up that game. So like the so feature covers oh yeah so i'm going to have it's going to be 3d or uh and it'll have a hub and to know it like oh, so if you're going to build a hub hub world like for example say like you say you're going to build crash bandicoot crash bandicoot game it's a platformer so you're going to build like you're going to build this like uh like a horizontal a vertical environment to some degree um where you could you have well i say vertical you have at least like Three or two, three planes of like movement. Um, so it could be like you're moving always forward, but you can move like side to side, up and down. So even like character, like knowing like oh yeah, the character's going to move this way. So You know that like you got what kind of character animations you're going to need in a world in like so for, like I said in a hub world, you're going to have like areas to go to each of the levels. And so you're going to know, like, oh, I'm going to need an asset for the, like, the, like, the wider, like, hub and all, like, the props you are going to need to fill that up. For example, in three, you're going to need that, like, swirly ball thing that you jump into to, like, warp. And so you're going to need this, the, like, the visual effects for it um, as well. So that's more time. And so the the basically what i'm saying is like if you like going from a feature list you know the general gist of what you need to build assets code and systems uh, and and that helps give you a general estimate of what you'll need like of course you could you should be amending that as you go along but it should be a solid enough base to give you something to move forward with
0: it sounds like you sort of start if you take the idea from the very the highest level just sort of and start yeah. to break down each thing like layer by layer by layer until you basically you're building down to somewhere where that you can't go beyond and then that's your tree of development if you will in terms of the layer. so if we was to take yeah. um uh so what did i say first person so if you take if you just start with first person okay well what is first what is the first, so first person is our level, what does that involve well that involves uh uh involves Control being able to move, da, 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 and it involves a camera in terms of being able to be at that angle. Okay, well, what does yeah. the camera involve? Well, the camera has to involve you know, um, polish and sway and movement and da, 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 da. all that's going to involve. That's going to yeah. involve uh, camera scripting. Probably somebody with experience of building a first-person camera. Da, da, da. Okay, so our base level is that mm. we need to think about uh, the someone writing how that camera is going to function. Yeah, and you know, and that's just the bottom level. And even in camera, you go to um, you can start to link into other areas like. Um, Visual costs and that kind of thing. And go and but then you go back up again and you start going down. Okay, control, what does that involve? Well that involves yeah. someone building the control script. And that and control script involves both building it for specific control. Okay, is it PC? Is it Xbox? Yeah. Is it what what are we going to support? But also somebody to write that and be able to prepare in advance. Um controllers being a fantastic example of not of of if you fail to pre-plan what happens yeah. at the end. So an example being if you're making your game for uh, uh, consoles right let's just yeah. say here's for playstation xbox right if you start and you've got an xbox controller in your hand yeah. you're on your pc da, 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 and you build all your controls calling specific buttons right uh, oh left trigger right trigger um uh, a b whatever it's going to be right when you get to eight months down the line and you're like okay we need to get this working on a playstation one of the yeah. first things you're going to realize is that nothing works because the calls are all different um, yeah. which means you have to now you're going to have to go back to the beginning and you're going to have to find every line of code that involves a call to a key <laughs> and go uh if if playstation do this else if xbox do this when pre, yeah. pre-planning pre-production if you go back to start and go we're going to build it for ps4 and xbox okay we're doing two different controller setups so let's abstract that we'll build some kind of controls manager, all the controls will run through that, and that mm, will decide mm. what controls it's looking for depending on its PlayStation. So in the code, you yeah. only ever a call um, controller manager dot uh, jump, for example. Yeah. The controller manager then goes, okay, I'm on Xbox, I am, therefore jump equals this, I'm on PlayStation, therefore jump equals this. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that seems like a very small example, but when you're eight months down the line, trying to find in a project that could be, uh, you know, gigabytes in size, could have be thousands of lines of code. Trying to find every instance of um, do this, doing a control can take yeah. ages. And that is a relatively straightforward example. That's just going PC to X, PS4 to X, uh, Xbox to PS4. If you were doing a, P, a keyboard using keyboard for something, and now you want to do console, that is such a complicated procedure because you're basically going to have to. Um, go back over and also think about how it works in a completely different landscape because mouse and keyboard to keep the controller is a complete different scape. Mm-hmm. Um at a basic level, keyboard buttons are zero they are either on or off. Yeah. Controller buttons can can scale from off through to sort of half press to on. I mean
1: like it, looking at like the shoulder buttons like R2, L2, L2 and like ev- like every modern controller like you have that scale, like with the trigger, mm-hmm. and what so, and
0: and what if you wanna you want to allow, allow people to remap your controllers, right? We're in the yeah, world, you know, uh, it's an which is an accessibility thing. It's one of the absolutely. reasons it doesn't happen in a lot of games is because no one thinks of it ahead of time. So yeah. When it comes to adding it as a feature, making things accessible, we're making it a bit the ability to remap an entire controller. People just ignore it because they're like, well, you know, it's going to take me another month to do that. Let's just leave it. Yeah. And that cuts out a huge amount of your audience because they're like, oh, you know, and that's just that's both people who need it, absolutely mm-hmm. need to be able to do it, but also people who would just enjoy it. And this is the difference between the games that don't do it, games that instead give you options, which is basically someone's had to sit there and write out a bunch of these profiles. So if you, you know, if you think about, uh, this happens in a lot of shooters where you've got, Southborg, runner gunner, blah, 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 where it's just a bunch of options. And then you take yeah. something like uh, Rocket League, for example, which lets yeah. you just literally change every single input. Just like, what do you want? What do you want? Press the button you want it to be now. There you go, it works. Yeah. And that's because somebody at the beginning went, well, let me sit and think about this and uh, I will write a system that can handle that now. So Able Sound yeah. it's not a problem. Just that, move, that was just moving a little bit back into pre-production but it's a, i think that's a good really good example of yeah. the importance of pre-production when it comes to late stage development
1: oh for sure for sure i, I couldn't agree more
0: um, um but yes yeah, so just, just uh, I was gonna say going back into, to, to scoping work um that, that sort of method of sort of working things down. So I'm, I'm trying to think about how I do it. So if you do it more in a very sort of top down, this is the, this is the overarching thing and put it down.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'm more of a design focus. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and that probably makes sense. So I probably come at it from more of a mechanics focus where I think about, okay, this game is going to feature uh, whatever I've said. So if you take the Craft Panticoot example. So when you were talking yeah. about it, my first thing was, crash bandicoot the things that are important to me in in making crash bandicoot um are uh how crash moves so things like jumping and platforms so i would start and i so i'd start with um how do i get to the demo of that right how do i get to the earliest version of that um and start thinking of and start building it up um sort of down probably the other way it's down upwards okay the basic version that looks like Okay, do I actually need a character? Probably not. I'm just going to... Have you ever seen any of my early demos? They're all cubes. Everything's cubes.
1: Oh, no, I've seen, I've seen, I know. I've seen a lot of your cubes, mate.
0: <laughs> there's a thing called programmer art, and it's not something I've ever got away from. It's basically making, <laughs> making cubes look good, if, if you want to describe it um starting <laughs> starting with starting with cube okay can i make the cube jump yes can i make him jump onto a platform yes right okay what and then starting to move towards okay once i've got the basics what what's the, mm-hmm. the unique selling point of my game what's the thing this game's going to have that no other game has and therefore start building that as well um yeah. so building on that then if you so you're, you start you've got your game you've got your top down you're looking at da, 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 da. what ch- how do you change how you're scoping out that project based on how long that project has to to be developed over so the difference mm. between a a, two, a project with you know let's assume there's no infinite projects because obviously you've set you, you've set your smart targets you've got your yes. in there. um you know the difference between say a four-year project a two yeah. one six months we'll talk about less than six months in a bit but let's, let's start with those sort of like longer projects but even then difference in length
1: yeah i mean where, where do you even start with that? And that me asking you a question, it's a very, <laughs> and it's a very
0: valid question because the thing is that if you sit, if I was to sit here now, you know, present, yeah. I've been making games for a while now, and go, okay, if I was given four years to make a game, where do I yeah. start? And the answer is, I start in the same place as if I had six months to make a game, which is, yeah. I will build, and, and I will always start with with the with the smallest version. Um, and the reason, the reason that is, is because the sooner I can demonstrate what it looks like, the better, um, the difference, basically the MVP. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going to go into more about the details of that in a second, but I just want to talk about the things that probably make the difference to me are things that I am not actively involved in. Um, so I'm a programmer. So anything that involves the programming, I'm going to start scoping on my own time schedule. The things that I don't know are things like, okay, marketing. Uh, art, art development, so 3D modeling, 3D design, concept artists, UI, all that kind of stuff, mm, music, mm. audio. So I probably start, depending, so if I've got, uh, if I've got six months, if I've got a year, let's assume, let's assume here I have the budget, um, which I, which I do not. Um, <laughs> let's assume I have the budget. Uh, yeah. I, I will go and start looking for, okay, what are the areas What are the the different disciplines I'm going to need, right? I'm going to need... What are all the areas I'm going to need? And start pulling people in who probably have expertise in those areas to help sort of guide me in the areas that I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I I, I see that. uh, Because, like, I think it's a bit different from how I'd approach it, just because I am, like by profession like project ma- like I, i'm a project manager so like i will literally try and break like i go f- like i tend to lean to that like you say top that top down approach earlier so i will be like okay so i do and like top down of what is the what is the end product planning on looking like and how how do i break that down to what basically how much do i just cutting away what i can to get the minimum Mm -hmm. and usually like once i get to that point you have to be like like if you're you're looking at production you have to just be happy with the fact that that your first idea is probably never going to be reached and it will go it'll deviate especially if that first idea like was just came from your own head and you're gonna have other i mean like even if like it's so with other people it'll change but also with the passage of time like your own ideas change like you'll think of something really good that you haven't thought of before and that could like ch- like completely change the course of like the pro like the project but once you have that core idea and it's kind of a good reason why to kind of make sure that like you distill your minimal like the m your mvp to the like the absolute minimum of what it needs to be so then once you start iterating which will which will be the rest of your project time you like and like you will be able to like build a stronger like base
0: of a game from it um I think we're sort of dancing around the MVP and I want to start talking about that, but you raised yeah. a really good point that I want to just bring up there, which was sacrifice. Yes. Um, so one of the big things about scoping out, which I don't think it's talked about enough is rescope. Um, that it's not good enough to just scope out your project at the beginning, especially when we're talking, you know, six months, 12 months a year yeah. and go, okay, we've scoped it. That's it. We're done. Let's go make it now. Because you, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us can, not, I, I would expect of no one not even the best project managers to be able to scope a two-year project at the beginning and it be just perfect yeah. to to the minute exactly <laughs> what the project <laughs> is going yeah. to be that's just not how it works because you can't you know not because life doesn't work like that exactly, like, it's just outright. Exactly. like i mean you know what, what <laughs> i want to see the project manager who a year ago scoped into their project global pandemic and just knew that's what's going to happen let me just let me plan for that, just in case. You
1: know, you know what? There is one Doctor Who because he can
0: manipulate <laughs> time. He knew it was coming. <laughs> like, um, he knew exactly. Was coming. Uh, she was prepared for that, uh, exactly. and they collectively were ready to <laughs> ready. All of them are ready. Um, yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> unless you can manipulate time, you just have to surrender yourself to it and surrender your project to it, because
0: that's that's life unfortunately that's life yeah um but what that means is is that you have to be ready to, to re-scope um and a big part of that and especially when we're talking about that passion versus business thing before is mm. sacrifice um yes. and you alluded to it there just because you had an idea does not mean that idea has any inherent value that means it has to be stuck in your project and it's mm-hmm. difficult to let go of things that you came up with because, you know, for one of a better word, they're your babies, they're your ideas. You, you, you put sto- um, stock in them because you came up with it. Mm-hmm. But you're beyond um, the advantage of expertise of having done for a long time. Your ideas have no inherent value over somebody else's ideas. Um, yeah. And your ideas have no inherent value to the project that you're working on um, mm-hmm. unless they're scoped in. And even then, yeah. like, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So I, I, I know of a team who, they have 12 weeks to work on a project example They got the six weeks in, and that some of the people in that project have not been as, a, as available for that project as they had hoped, right? Um, so it's six weeks in, and going, We have only been able to do, say, a week's worth of development to not rescope at that point is just basically what you're saying is, Okay, so then I have to do you have to do 11 weeks work in six weeks, right? Which is just not going to yeah. do you're 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 yeah. you're saying yourself up to lose in that situation, yeah. So, what you should be doing there is going, right, we now have six weeks to complete a project that we were meant to have 12 weeks to do. How do we, what do we have to sacrifice in this instance to basically build the thing that we want to build? Yeah, um, and that, invo- inc- that basically means taking, you basically your ego out of the equation and going, yeah. even if I think that this feature, unless basically you have to make the case for why things are important, right? Yeah. If you think that, and to use an example, if you think a dubstep gun, is a good idea, right? You're going to have to argue for why that is so important that it's worth st- keeping in, and worth keeping in over somebody else's idea. Because if if I give you an example, if you've come up with a dubstep gun, and somebody else has got, uh, I don't know, an EDM gun. Let's just make that as the comparison, right? Both of those things are doing the same job, right? Why is yours now worth it more than theirs, or vice versa, or is it a twin cost? Because at the end of the day, if you if you've halved your project, if you've half your project time, you've got to half your project goals. Um, yeah. and you've got to look at, uh, and this is one of the things that, and, and we're, got, we're moving into sort of the MVP space now. And this is thing is all about, you've got to look at what is, there is a, there is a is another term for an MVP. Uh, well, so there are quite, so we're moving into just talking about MVPs now. There are quite a few variations on what this is. Uh, so an MVP is a minimum, minimum viable product, which is basically yes. the smallest version of your game that can mm-hmm. be considered drivable. Um, but te- and technically, these things are different between Minimum Viable Product and Proof of Concept. Yes. Um, but the reason I'm going to lump them in together is because you should always, 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 always be trying to build the smallest version that proves the idea that you have at any given time. So, for example, yeah. with the, the two guns, what is your game, right? if you if your if your game is about music and both of those guns prove the concept of a gun that's based on music so you don't need to yeah. just have one right and your reasons for and and the two you the two people who came up with the e d m gun and the dubstep gun should be able to have a conversation and decide this let's go with this one for these reasons right it's not a it's not about egos it's not about my idea' is better than yours inherently because I'm a smart person it's just about. Having that conversation and going, for the game, we I think that this is the better option, and then collectively deciding on that based on you know, reasoned arguments. Um, but that's sort of a, that's sort of talking about the sacrifice, and I think it's an important point to raise that sacrifice is, is key. So we move on, moving on properly to MVPs. Um, what is an MVP, it has a project, and we'll talk about both proof of concept and MVPs. What does that mean to you, Ahmed? So,
1: an MVP, basic, like as a minimum viable product, essentially means something that you can give to your client, be it, like someone else or yourself, uh, or like your, the fans that you may or may not have been like showcasing your game to. It's something that you can at least say it like fulfills what you agreed to kind of do like to add to the bare at least the bare minimum so for example say you say you're going to make a platformer um like using hamsters as like the the, the main characters and so as so long as you have hamsters that you can jump from like and, and and a level with platforms then and that's it then sure like that can be the middle like the MVP, like it might not have great animation. It's like, it could be, you're very much, very, basically something you can say, technically I've done it. Whereas your proof of concept, it can literally, like like for example, is say like a bunch of blocks or like in a completely like, like gray box area and you showcase like you have the mechanics down pretty much like you Mm -hmm. have you have the system to that like that is core to the aim so if it's a platformer you have the movement system and you have platforms that you can show that your character like that like they have the collisions there to like the collision system there to let your characters like stay on those platforms and move from platform to platform that's it doesn't have to have the art, like it can, like you said, like you said before, it could be progr- the programmer art, just cubes, basically, um, if that. And like it doesn't, it doesn't need sound, it doesn't need SF, like it doesn't need VFX. It just needs to showcase that you know, like you have the idea. It's like a, imagine like a like you say, like you say, oh yeah, I'm going to draw. Um like at the like the Mona Lisa and you sketch like a face with a smile and it's like a, basically a stick figure like that's essentially what your proof of concept is like you know how to you can showcase that you know what it sh- should look like, and that's basically it.
0: It in 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 gaming vernacular as well, I think the difference between the two is that an, an MVP mm. is essentially a, an alpha version of your game. It is technically releasable. I wouldn't recommend it yeah. it's probably full of bugs and probably not been tested and it needs some balancing mm. and all that kind of thing. But an MVP is really it is the minimum viable product. Yeah, it's a it's a viable product because a thing that you could release and people mm-hmm. in theory might mm-hmm. buy it. But it's the minimum version of that. You know, it it doesn't have the the bells yeah. and the whistles and the polish to, to make it a sellable product. Um, yeah. Whereas your proof of concept is either your, it could be your vertical or horizontal slice essentially. It's demonstrating mm-hmm. that, uh, either it's demonstrating, so vertical slice is where you demonstrate a little bit of every part of the game. So it's a little bit, but basically, it'd be like one well done level or boss fight or something. Yeah. That's, that's it. And a horizontal slice is demonstrating almost the entirety of one thing. So this is what you're talking your white box mechanic, right? So, uh, and a good example of that of this is the uh, if you've played the game uh, Superhot. The original version of Superhot was a demo, as a Unity demo on a website, which was essentially yes. a, vertical, a vertical slice. It yes. had a little bit of all the functionality, so you were able to pick up guns. It had the, the time-stopping mechanic. You had shooting. You mm-hmm. had an idea of story, uh, sound, all that kind of thing, all in one go. It wasn't the full game. Far from it. Yeah. Um, but it demonstrated enough of it to be, it wasn't an MVP because you couldn't assault that. It was, about, it was like a five minute experience, but it was a proof of concept, It demonstrated mm-hmm. the idea. Um, and I think the, the thing here is, and this is going back to something we talked about before, which is, is the hierarchical structure of things. Not only is there a top down view of individual features, but actually your game development should come in the form of a top down view. Your game as a whole exists in this final done form. And yeah. There are and there are standards for this. Before that you have your beta, which is your this is basically done but needs testing. Well no, sorry, before that you, I mean technically technically before that you have your gold version, which is this is done. As far we're happy to release this, uh, ignoring the fact we're gonna immediately work on a patch. Um and then you have your beta, which is your um your this is done but probably needs a bit more testing of some kind of whether that's stress testing or something like that. Your alpha, which is again, this is done but needs a lot more testing. Then you have before that you have your uh, your vertical slice, your proof of concept, or whatever it may be. Um, and then before, and then before that, um, you basically this is where you start to build down to your initial versions. And this takes you back all the way down to the first thing you should be doing is figuring out what is the smallest form of this game that mm-hmm. I can make that was going to allow me to demonstrate to people what this game is going to be. Absolutely. Um, and actually this is well really well summarized and that mindset that you really well summarized uh, and sort of par- I'm going to paraphrase here but something from a different from uh, the butterscotch dragons team talked about which is if you get, this is building in their logic but paraphrasing if you start with the fact that while you're working on your game the game that you are now working on is making no money yeah. um and the odds are that when you release that game it will also make very little money. It, it you you are fighting an uphill battle in the current climate to break even on your game. What yeah. this basically means is that time spent on things that are not worth the time. So mm-hmm. additional features, things that aren't going to go towards selling your game, but are 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 um, gratuitous, are uh, purely aesthetic. No, not purely aesthetic. Purely unnecessary aesthetics. So things that, yeah. so for example. The difference between having uh, a set of sword attacks and twenty set of sword attacks, because you just feel like adding that more because it's fancy, right? Yeah. Figuring, and it's a, it's an art form to figure out the things that you need that will get your game over the line in a way that you're happy with, in a way that will sell, but without going yeah. on top. And this is where things like creep come in. um yeah. Continue uh, like uh, the idea is that you need to be thinking in terms of the sooner this game is released. The sooner the game starts paying for its own development, mm-hmm. and the, the less likely I am to collapse into a heap of, of no money, um, which is just called a flaw. Um, and uh, um, that mindset of going, What is the smallest version that I can make? and, and mm-hmm. building back all the things we talked about, you know, sacrifice and going, Let me cut things I don't need, let me stick to my smart targets and make sure it's focused in. That is where um, efficient powerful game development comes in because you're starting to build games that are tight experiences as opposed to building uh homogenous blobs that you're not sure what it is and you're just hoping you can shape it over time and even you know and some people are like oh but this game took four years to make it an example one of my favorite examples is stardew right stardew valley is an unbelievably tight experience I mean, yeah. it, it feels it's, it's amazing that it feels so open and soft and oh you know you can do whatever yeah. and da, da, da. Mm. but that game is so tight like in terms yeah. of everything like, it's so mechanical, everything lines up with each other and the balance and the seasons and the, the months and the way that that affects how things grow and da, 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 da. Yeah. every sing- to the point where every single day in that game, which is like what 15 minutes I think
1: mm-hmm. um, I
0: think so you wake up in the game with goals, right? You wake yeah. up going, today I'm gonna today I have all you know, I, because of my pre-planning and here we go again, because of my pre-planning yesterday, my plants are already watered, or to, it's gonna rain, so I don't have to worry about that. And today I need to achieve these goals by going to the game. Yeah. And the only way to get that mindset in is 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 to have something that's really tight. And you only get that by working from the beginning and going, you know, he could have built the game eight times bigger than it was. He could have made, you know, 20 cave systems. He could have built um Another 500 characters. You could have done more if you wanted to, but but
1: we, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like that all that also relies on your own personal resources to do that. Like you can only do like the guy from what I've heard. The guy was super lucky. He had a lot of support. Like most people most indie devs don't even have that level of support so oh, yeah exactly even you, like it's like if you if you go for one feature you're gonna cut out another thing that might that you have planned that you had potentially planned for and might mean that you like that feature that you like got like leave you swap replace for something else mm-hmm. Means like like you just don't capture as much of an audience as you would have as you potentially could have done.
0: And he talks about it. There are loads of places where uh, concerned Eight, the developer, has talked about mm. features that aren't in the game that he wanted to have at some point. Because yeah. he talked about I forgot what it was. It was to do with the cave system. He had a whole extra bit of the cave system yeah. he wanted to add that was a whole additional functionality that eventually he just cut. And mm. you know the game is not worse for missing that feature.
1: Yeah, right. No, and absolutely. that's and,
0: and that's the big the, the big the thing that you've got to get past. It's like for, your game is not worse for not having something if it's made up for by the fact that it's a tighter, more polished, mm. more concise game. It, yeah. it could have every, you know, any technique, you know, if you're going to just add features for the sake of adding features, why not make a first, third, top down 2.5D yeah. fighter shooter platformer? right? You could just mm-hmm. pour everything into it, but you don't. And the reason you don't is because it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So, it's fine. It's it's not only is it fine to be concise. Can being concise is more important, and even if that involves sacrifice, that that's okay. And it doesn't matter if you're you know okay. You're you are you're correct, right? He had he had time and resources and space and stuff. But there are other developers out there who built things on on shoestrings and, and get them out. Um, yeah. And again, they rely on making a concise game. You look back at I mean, and I really enjoy indie game. The movie, some people, it's a, it's it's a bit marmite for some people, but I like the story of Super Meat Boy, and yeah. they're, strive to make the game as tight and polished as it is, despite the fact that they were a small indie team on a small indie yeah. budget. Um, and it's important. A... It's, it's not, it's not just important. I think it's, it's vital and the lifeblood of many indie companies that they make. Yeah. If they are going to be, if they gain, if the game is the thing that's going to be making them money, the, the difference between, you know, collapsing before the game even comes out and getting, mm. you know, starting to be able to make money is making a game that is as, Tight and as focused and as minimal as it can be, especially if you haven't got money back, money, money or support backing you up to make something longer.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, at the end of the day, pre-planning just minimises, ha- like having to go through all that. So you actually, so it, it like your path becomes easier at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Cool. So I think in 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 summary, I think we've covered pretty much it all facets well i say all facets of pre-production pre-production is a wide and varying topic and something that i encourage you to go and to go and research yourselves um especially if you're starting a new project and even if you're halfway through a project you know re- re-scoping and looking at you know how can you scope out the rest of the project time that you have available to you mm-hmm. is really really important um i think that we're gonna that, on that lovely basis I think we're gonna conclude this episode of the game dev london podcast uh, I have been your host Adam, and you can find me online on Twitter at @adamb1234. Uh, thank you very much to Ahmed uh, joining me as my co-host yes. today. Uh, where can people find you,
1: Ahmed? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at a k m e m e m e on Twitter. Um, don't ask why. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, my like my initials got taken, so I just kind of went with it. So, but yeah, that's where you can find me on Twitter cool uh
0: you can find both of us online uh, at gamedev.london uh, uh, you can also join us on the discord we'll be in there chatting about all the bits and pieces and stuff um find us on twitter at GameDevLondon, etc etc and keep up to date uh, like and subscribe to keep up to date with all of our episodes and all of our upcoming things uh such as more information on on future events uh and yeah so only thing left to be to say so thank you ahmed uh thank you, Adam. and we'll uh, see you here same time next week bye
1: bye